This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3199 for Thursday, the 5th of November 2020. Today's show is entitled Bad Audio Weed Eater Bugs Sprinkler and Bubbles. It is hosted by Operator and is about 25 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is pushing the definition of audible to the limit. Join us for some home repair tips. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Last time I tried to record with a wired device and I kept knocking up against my chest and so I figured this one would be a better just straight up audio capture. I'm outside. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, before I get into that, um, we got a few things out here. We have a broken sprinkler. I'm going to talk about weed eater fixing, troubleshooting, carburetor stuff, um, my tie wrap fixing stuff, and maybe this balloon or this bubble machine over here. Um, stuff, irrigation stuff I'm doing, so it's kind of going to be a exploratory while I fix stuff episode. Um, so anyways, um, two, uh, I have an old Makita that's probably 20 years old now, uh, buying new batteries for it, this will be my fourth battery I've bought for it, um, over the past, I don't know how long, like I said, 20 years, I got it 99, so yeah, 20 years. Um, so I've had three or four batteries, if not more in this, this thing. Um, a chargeable battery uh, lasts you about three years, depending, three, four, or greater, depending on. But um, if it's starting to crap out on you and you've been charging it and keeping it um, cycled properly, if it's depending on what kind of battery it is. Um, this is a 300 milliamp 12 volt Makita. Um, I got a 300 milliamp, which is it's supposed to be 300 milliamp, but through th- these batteries online, you never really know. Um, the sources are kind of reputable and it's all really made in China anyways. Anyways, you want two drills. If you can have two drills, don't ever give your other drill away because when you're working and you need to drill and then you need to uh, use a screw and a driver, um, having to switch bits back and forth is quite obnoxious. So if you can have a drill for drilling, um, I use this old Makita for drilling and I use a a nicer hammer drill for um, screwing and screws and those things are awesome if you can get a hammer drill go for that I did the I think I did the 18 volt if not the 12 volt Um, I think I did the 14 volt Um, I didn't want a big old heavy battery Um, wanted my wife to be able to use it um, and I still struggle with it upside down or sideways you still have to push the way the hammer drill works is you still, it, it actually hammers in the screw for you while it's whatevering, but it's not idiot proof. You can't just 
throw the screw up there. You still have to push it in, but where those times it's going to strip out the screw, um, it'll save you. And if you put a fair enough amount, if you put all your force into it, it will literally screw the bit, twist the bit right off of the uh, the head right off of the bit. So you just have to be careful in that regard too. It's it's pretty strong once you get some pressure behind it. So anyways, I've got a, uh, my drill drill bit here. I'm going to drill some holes in my sprinkler system. Sprinkler, little crappy sprinkler, you know, back and forth sprinkler head. Um, these guys, you know, they're a dime a dozen. This is a Craftsman. It's, they're all the same. They're all kind of garbage plastic. The mechanics, if you can, if you can keep the mechanics from crapping out and cracking and dry riding, you can actually have these things last a long time. I've had this one for probably 20 years, 10 years, 15 years, 10 years. Since we moved into the house, so it's been about 10 years. Um, when I first got it, of course, it lasted about a season. And then it started, there's a gear in here that keeps the little mechanism from spinning around. Um, and it, it, it's hard to explain, but essentially there's a gauge here that you can say center, left, full, right. Um, what happens is that this little thing spins around because the teeth on it are broken where it keeps it in motion. So it kind of sprays wherever the hell it wants to spray. Um, so at one point I had glued this with what looks like uh, some, some kind of glue. I glued it in here. And obviously that has not worked because over time, like anything, glue will crap out and uh, give you problems. My newest solution for this type of stuff nowadays is a drill and a, a drill and holes and tie wraps. So if you can imagine, uh, whenever you have anything, for example, this plastic hinge I'm looking at here, um, where I keep some of my bits, which none of these are going to work. I'm going to do a really small one. Um, so if you can imagine a uh, hinge, plastic hinge, um, and the hinge cracks and breaks, or some kind of you know, plastic or plastic garbage. What I end up doing oftentimes is uh, kind of fixing things with uh, tie wraps. So, you know, whenever you think you can use super glue to glue plastic together, try to use tie wraps first. And I probably said this on a quick tip. Um, I'm going to kind of go over it here. You drill kind of the smallest hole you can drill without, uh, with allowing still a tie wrap to go through it. Um, so you need a good set of tie wraps. bunch of tie wraps and you get a tiny little drill and essentially you're drilling a hole in the two ends you want to connect together so um, I want to connect this on full so I'm going to find a place where the two holes kind of line up more or less drill a hole on one side drill a hole on the other side now I have a hole on one side of the thing that I want to stop a lot of things with tie wraps where people would have thrown them away. The tie wraps
try to use up the white tyrants and save your black ones for uh, stuff you want to hide. I've actually had to purchase tiny, tiny black ones before for a computer, you know, um, cable management stuff. Um, so I'm going to try to pull this through the hole. It's pretty, pretty big. Does it die? So it might not, might have to drill a bigger hole. So anyways, I'm out here, uh, here are the cicadas. I'm in Georgia, Roswell, Georgia, in the United States, and, uh, yep, well, it's tiny, but we're going to make it work. Um, got the mail truck coming by, got birds soon, tomatoes ready for our deer to eat. Now, I don't have a, I don't have any advice on tomato-eating deer, um, we have some netting up, but they tend to just kind of yellow and ignore the netting and eat whatever they want to eat. I didn't do that a couple of years ago. They pretty stayed pretty docile. Um, but here recently, this year, man, they are just, they know exactly when to pick them, and they come at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I know, excuse me, because, uh, I have YOLO object recognition, uh, darknet on my CCTV system, and the deer appear as dogs. That's good enough. The deer appear as dogs on the system, so so now I've locked this in the more or less full position. Now the thing will fix. I'll tell you about these little O-rings, these plastic O-rings that come with uh, a hose setup. You want to buy you some um, silicon spray, and you want to spray silicon spray down in there kind of every time you service it. Um, I actually should spray something down in here right as we speak. It's probably kind of good. Silicon spray and silicon spray now this has other I want to say uh, silicon spray lubricates and protects you want to be careful of silicon spray with extra crap in it um, designed to lubricate you want to get like a hundred percent um, silicon spray this says non-staining lubricant eliminates squeaky extends the life preserve no other lubricant Tell me what's in here. But it doesn't appear to be 100% silicon spray. Um, but the blaster stuff, I haven't had any issues with. The blaster also sells the, you know, everything their blaster stuff. Like, you put it on something rusty and you come back later and you just kind of take the Dremel tool to it with a brush head. And uh, it'll just eat all that stuff off the rust off and hopefully you'll have a bolt or whatever you, that you can still unscrew or figure out what's wrong with it to get it to go. Mosquitoes are awful here. I spray um, with my own spray to spray. Strangely enough, uh, 
take it back to your mind and make a good mess. I'm gonna check my sound before I spend too much time babbling here. Nope, I'm still good. So I fixed that thing. I'm gonna water my lawn a little bit here before it gets too hot. It's early in the morning enough to where I get a little bit of a little bit of a. Brown Fonga changed it about water, water buff. I use like a Sistrenza tube and a backpack blower. And what's this, Maverick? I use Maverick and a Strenza IC3. Um, and I use 0.5, it is a very small bottle of the Maverick as opposed to the Bifton. I use indoors for the bugs for indoor. The, it's called Bifton IT, I think. Bifton I slash T for indoors. PLCs don't use it. Maverick outdoors, 0.5 I use on the whole, I want to say three and a half gallon, two and a half gallon, whatever. And the Strinza is like four, it's like 12 ounces. This stuff's not cheap. Um, I've tried to buy it in bulk. Um, but I spray every 30 days. Um, try to spray every 30 days sometimes. I don't have to. I'm out in the yard. No problem. Nothing's biting. But other days, just depending on the weather and the chain and the life cycle of the mosquitoes, people will get eaten alive out here because we have these tiger, whatever they call it, tiger mosquitoes that are not native. If you ever grew up around, if you grew up around the 90s, uh, in Georgia at least, you didn't have mosquitoes during the day. You had mosquitoes at night, and you went to your backyard at night, you know, and then you get bit. But these tiger ones are out during the day, especially in well-established neighborhoods with lots of ivy and people not taking care of their gutters, leaving standing water everywhere. These little tiger guys will, they will destroy you. Um, that's a quick tangent on that. We fixed the sprinkler. Um, I'm going to kind of clean up later, but as I'm cleaning up stuff I'll tell you about. Uh, I got a little bubble machine I'll be using 4th of July here. I've had it for 2-3 years. It's just a fan. Um, circle. It's kind of a hexagonal shape. You see it on Amazon a lot. Hexagonal shape. It's got a fuse on it. It's kind of cute. Um, and it uh, it's uh, pretty good. It, there has, it goes clockwise and counterclockwise. So you got to turn it on in the right direction to get it to go clockwise because it actually works better clockwise than counterclockwise. But um, you can mix up some. Yeah, your mixtures are good, and I buy. I use a little bit of the Super Bubble recipe that has um, just water, whatever soap, whatever you can find. If you happen to find a particular brand like Joy that does just. Super Joy, whatever. They don't have actual regular Joy anymore, or any of the regular soaps. They're all Super Power or whatever. BS. Um, but this stuff is called, you mix in a powder with it called, I want to say Guargum? Guargum powder to help, and it's like half a teaspoon of Guargum powder, and it helps the stability of the bubbles, I think, or maybe something like that. Uh, but it makes for better, better longer bubbles. You can get together two sticks, stick a piece of yarn, a piece of more gum, make you some awesome giant bubbles that are, I don't know, three feet tall, at least. 
if not want to call it, you be good at it. Um, so that's that. I'm kind of talking and cleaning. What else was I going to talk about? Oh, um, the weed eater. I found a weed eater on the road. I fixed probably five or six small engines at this point. Um, it started when I got two free blowers way back from Chicken House. Um, and I was using those to spray with. Sold one for 350 Rebuilt the carburetor, sold it, cleaned it, took parts out of it. And then I had one kind of half jacked up one, and I used it for about three years. Bought a new carburetor for it because I couldn't get it to start, and of course it was a carburetor. So, anyways, a little troubleshooting. Um, there's a guy that's like, he talks about half a can of beer is, is how long it's going to take. I can't remember that guy's name, but if you Google like um, tuning, weed eater, weed eater tuning, or weed eater carburetor, he's like the first hit. It's orange, is his logo. Um, but he has really great tips on how to get carburetors to work on uh, meters and using adjusting the carburetor. You want to get a little carburetor kit. Um, they're like you know six bucks for a carburetor tool kit. Um, but anyways, I'm just troubleshooting this thing. I've never had any problems fixing stuff in general. Usually I can clean the you know brush off the spark plug or clean the carburetor out. I cleaned the carburetor out, found it on the right side of the road, of course. Cleaned the carburetor out, nothing. I, um, let me clean up as I'm talking. I cleaned out the carburetor, nothing. I, uh, you know, it's kind of shoddy looking carburetor, but they all kind of look used. Take them apart, obviously. Um, and I cleaned, uh, put fuel in it. I, um, cleaned the spark plug. And I was able to kind of get it to start, but it wouldn't stay started, and it seemed like it wasn't getting fuel, so I kept messing with it, kept messing with it. Finally, I was able to get it to run and work for a few minutes, and then, of course, it stopped working, and I haven't touched it for a few years. I said, well, I'll give it another shot. Give it another shot, and I start to notice um, that uh, the... It's, the reason it's not getting gas or fuel, um, I actually swapped the part one out. And the tubing was all rotted originally for it, so I had to replace the tubing and the, the burping thing to, to get the, the fuel in there, which those things, I don't, they don't know if they actually do anything, to be honest with you. Um, the primer pumps, they don't seem to really matter either way. Uh, anyways, um, this thing was just being difficult, and I just happened to notice when I had the fuel... The fuel cap partially unscrewed, it was running. And I was like, huh. And if uh, you know anything about it, there's like a little bit of a vacuum in there, or the otherwise um, a non vacuum pressure thing. And that pressure forces gas into the carburetor, I guess. So there's either a vacuum or pressure, something going on there to get gas into the unit. Um, so I tried to clean out the, the little thing, of course, and of course it was all uh, very, very limiting in the amount of air that was allowing to go in there. Uh, so I just straight up poked a hole straight through the top of the gas cap to let it get air. Now that might be another indicator that something besides something within the carburetor is broken, but this was able to fix it. Well, the problem with having a hole in the top of your gas tank. <laughs> is that pressure? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm 
having a cough for like a week. Um, the problem with having a hole in the top of your gas tank is that it spews um, gas all over the place. Makes a big mess. Um, I don't even know what this is. It does catch it. The YY surprisingly left me to clean up, apparently. This is all going inside. This is all going inside. So, you know, it works, but I'm trying to head to the yard. Turn the, turn the, the, uh, turn the yard deal, yard trim deal, and, of course, gas is spewing out all over the place, making a big mess. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing about, you know, you need spark, you need fuel, you need carburetor working, you need good gas mix, you need, uh, all those things. But you also need the right pressure inside of the tank. And like I said, I don't know if it's a vacuum or not, I can't remember. But that's something to keep in mind. If you're ever troubleshooting this stuff, get you use some carb cleaner. That's always fun to help get stuff started. Um, safety first, wear safety goggles. You don't want to be like me and spray carburetor cleaner <laughs> directly, excuse me, in your eyeball. Because that's not fun. Um, that was awful. Um, didn't have to go to the hospital, thank God, but, uh, you can actually burn your cornea, cornea with, uh, that type of stuff and end up with a bad day. I'm put the garbage can back where it goes. I was using it to proper. Um, think about the bubble machines, obviously, they make a mess. And if you use the lemon joy, it's actually kind of hilarious, because your kids, kids are playing and end up smelling like lemons. Tell them, oh yeah, just take your kid, shower them off. All you gotta do is add water and they'll be clean. Because, you know, they get the soap all over them. Running back and forth through it. Uh, they don't really play in it as long as you would think. Even with a couple of them. It's kind of like a, eh, and then it's a fleeting moment. It's um, really interactive bubbles are the way to go. You get the little bubble trays. And then you get the big bubble things where they can spin around and make a big mess. Those are the funnest ones. Um, your standard vertical style bubble things are just a mess. They knock them over and the bubbles go everywhere. So you just pour it in a tray, let them do the tray. Um, if you've ever been to fairs and stuff, they'll actually fill up a uh, they'll fill up a wheelbarrow full of juice and all kinds of d elaborate ding dangs and whatnots and wands, and they'll use those. So my sprinkler is little. Eh. There's one of the things. What you have to do is back flush them um, every once in a while because the little holes will get stuck up. And you, there's a little pin at the end that you can use and use it to kind of back flush. So you shove a paper clip in there or whatever you want to shove inside the hole. And as it's back washing, or as the little thing is open, it'll come out the tip. It's kind of hard to explain, but that's how you clean it. There's a little release on the end of the sprinkler. The, the, little easy back and forth guy. And that's how you clean them out. Um, what else we got? Cat poop. There's nothing super interesting there. Uh, working like cat feeder. Might do that one. Oh, the irrigation stuff. Um, I had problems. I had problems. It's all plastic garbage, so I'm going to try to get a commercial irrigation system. I don't know how much that's going to cost. Your basic um, orbit brand is like 99 or 50 bucks, 60 bucks, I think. And it's plastic, and you screw it on, plastic on metal, and things, bad things happen. 
in general. Um, I don't know why there's the threads are different or something I'm, I'm missing. Um, maybe there's a step down way you're supposed to like plug plastic. You know how with if you don't understand, sorry, very nice Kubota. Um, you know how when you do uh, if you do pipe, you don't want to get the wrong shark pipe, which is the automatic, almost city proof uh, plumbing stuff. So if you do like copper to PEX, you have to get a special kind. Or if you do PEX to PEX, you have to get a special kind. If you're going from PEX to copper, you have to get a di like a different kind or whatever. The same thing with the the whatever the hell I was talking about. I think there might be some kind of step down where I'm supposed to like instead of screw it directly onto the faucet, I've got a two-way split. But it goes to the hose, normal standard hose, and into the irrigation system, which is only like four hops. Um, you can get a kit for. Problem is that this the little scheduling thing it cracked at the head. And of course, there's no way to fix that. Um, and I've had I think this is the, this is the first one I've had. It's lasted me like three seasons. I've only used it for about three or four seasons, and everything's broken. There's no way to really fix water pressure issues, especially if it's all plastic garbage. So I'm gonna opt in to try to. help somebody or at least will help myself in three years when I forget. Take it easy. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.